Hello and welcome to the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Edwards, and today we are speaking with one of my co-authors from the upcoming book published by Kate Butler, Moments That Matter. It's coming out August 30th, you all, so please mark your calendars so that you can buy a copy and support all of these wonderful women telling their stories I'm already so inspired and I just had a like pre-conversation with our guest and I can't tell you how excited I am to talk to her. Her name is Erica Hitchcock Scott. She is an artist, an author, and a creative arts psychotherapist. We all know how excited I am to talk about someone who mixes art with therapy. Um, Her focus is on something called expressive art therapy, which I'm going to dive in and ask her about with a specialty in leading creative art intensives all over the world. Welcome to the show, Erica. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk to you. (laughs) Thank you. Oh my goodness. Um, So I have to ask you before we get started, what started you on this specific road to combining arts with psychotherapy because it fascinates me and on your website you have this quote that just or this statistic I should say that just like blew my mind y'all it's been proven that an early intervention of art after trauma reduces the chance of developing post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD by 80 percent 80 percent are you kidding me where were you 20 years ago I'm kidding (laughs) It doesn't seem real. It's one of those statistics that people are afraid to publish because it almost, uh, it, it just doesn't sound possible. But, right? Yes, it, but it's, it's published in a book called The Brain on Art, which is all about uh, research and art. Well, you know, I'm going to read that, that book. <laughs> it's, 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 I, for me, that book is, thank you, thank you. This is the book I've been waiting for. It validates and reinforces what I've been seeing and saying for 38 years. Oh, my goodness. Years. So well, what prompted you to get into this, like, crossover, I call it. But honestly, after all of the therapy <laughs> that I've had, it makes complete and total sense to me. Um, definitely, like creative activities and art was a main form of my healing journey, but um, I'm just really curious about yours. So when I was about 30 years old, I was at a crossroads and I had been a professional artist. I had uh, taught photography college level. I had worked running a museum, believe it or not. Oh, how cool. I, I know. And so, and I love the art world. I, I loved it. I love being an artist. But during this crossroads, I ran in, into someone, a stranger at a restaurant who was talking about they were short a therapist. Oh, interesting. And I had a I master's love the degree. randomness. <laughs> it's so <laughs> random. And I, I had a master's degree in education, but not therapy. This is 1985. And so uh, she called me for an interview. Oh, wow. So at that time, you didn't have to be licensed to do therapy. I love the 80s, man. (laughs) It's like, I know everything was just suggestible. Like, oh, you want to, you know, mess around with people's brains? Cool. (laughs) 
Right. <laughs> and truthfully, it was more of case management than, okay. uh, but I was the case manager for my own group. And That's I so had cool. between 10 and 18 people in my group. It was way too many. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I also had the least credentials. It was most people in the, in the hospital had credentials. It was care unit hospital. So large corporate. So um, I thought I was praying for guidance. I was literally praying on my knees for what do I do? Mm. I had been traumatized. It was a recent trauma in my life that upended oh everything. Like time does. Yes, it does. <laughs> and it does. And so I went in with a one-page resume and a thinking is a, a jacket with padded shoulders. You remember those? Of course. They interviewed Big me hair, for five, always. Five, five <laughs> hours. They interviewed wow. Me for five hours. That's amazing. So I got the job. I got benefits, which was unusual. That didn't happen in the art world so much. <laughs> and, and at the end of the year, the executive director approached me after I resigned. I had just resigned and she approached me in the lobby and she whispered, you know, the outcome studies show that of all the therapists in the hospital, your clients have the lowest relapse rate. Oh, wow. Wow. And I think I said, why are we whispering that? But <laughs> <laughs> you're like, let's shut it from the rooftop. Right. So I gave it some thought and I realized it's the art because as mm. an artist, of course, in groups, I brought in like drawing, painting. Uh, I was using a chair work, like gestalt therapy, kind of psychodrama, like work, theater type letters, a lot of writing, letter writing. Mm. And so my groups were really dynamic. Yeah, that's amazing. And so I, 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 and, and my supervisor that year said, why don't you use art? You're, you're an artist. And I was like, oh, I love that okay. supervisor. He was a good <laughs> supervisor. And, and 20 years later, I worked in another hospital and I, I did have all my clients do a life-size body map, which is not uncommon, but mine had people include their addiction, their trauma, their mental illness, or oh, that's cool. surgeries, like very comprehensive. And then I had everybody do a timeline and I was doing Sam play therapy by then. And I had all my figurines in my office <laughs> and then they told their whole life story. Wow. And the psychologist, Andy Stropko, took me aside. I've been there about a year and a half. He said, I want you to see the outcome studies. The, um, these were pre and post-test Beck scores. He said, look at the results you're getting. And he kept turning page after page after page. People coming in so ill and so disturbed, really, and leaving almost like happy. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. love that. And did you get any, I'm super curious about this. Did you get any hesitation from the participants in the group who maybe had never done art before? Because 
I feel like I'd be like, Wee, let's do the art, but <laughs> I am a creative being and right. I grew up with people who are not. So I'm very curious about how you kind of handled that resistance. So initially it was a bit of a challenge mm-hmm. to help people to create a culture. So what basically what I did, I was the therapist for the trauma group, but almost everyone that came in had addiction. Okay. So it, it makes sense. You have so much pain. You have to soothe it if you don't know how to heal it. Yeah. So, um, so it took a while to create a culture but then once that got started, the clients picked it up. What do you and mean? So, and that when a new client came in, they would say, look, it may look crazy to you, but you better do everything she says. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> or you wouldn't believe what we're seeing and really, and they would get people excited. So oh, it cool. helped create a whole culture ethos. And they almost like by the, I was only there three, three and a half years, but the last year or so, almost every single person that came in did all of the assignments and did their life story and shared their life story. And it helped me to have visual, because I'm so visual. Mm -hmm. So we would hang all of this on the wall so I could see their silhouette and their timeline of their life and all of this and it it made it magical because I had all these cues for the healthy open-ended questions for exploration about their life story. Yeah, I think that's so fascinating. Like in my mind right now, I'm visualizing if I had to do a life-size like drawing of my body and then put all the trauma on it, how powerful that would be because you're literally staring at it and you can't like a a journal you can close. You know what I mean? So it's like, Oh, you've got to face it. And you've got to literally just stand there and figure out how to get through. Um, I think that's incredible. I I love that. Thank you. So this comes back to not only we, we spoke earlier before, Mm -hmm. but not only affirmations, not only gratitude list, we all need those today, I think, but (laughs) But taking it a step further and holding the paradox. I know. When you were talking about that, I was so excited. Yes, let's talk about the paradox. So first, I want to say there is a concept in the creative arts therapies that if you find the right symbol for what you're experiencing inside, you feel relieved. Oh, I I don't know anything about this. Please, please, would you mind elaborating? Uh, So, for example... So a lot of why people use drugs or alcohol or sex or food or whatever we use to avoid um, or to numb or to comfort Mm -hmm. our pain from trauma, um, that we're seeking relief. Absolutely. From what we're carrying inside our body. So how lovely is it that someone can make a drawing a scribble drawing, but if it matches their inner world of what they're experiencing, they feel relief. I don't know that there's any research on this, but I'll tell you, I've seen it a thousand times in That's a thousand so interesting. cases. What does relief look like in your experience 
because I'm, I guess I'm having a difficult time with that relief piece because I have this story. I've never shared this story with like anyone outside my husband. So y'all like, don't think I'm totally (laughs) insane, but I, you know, I went insane. Like when I had PTSD, I literally ended up in the psych ward. I didn't sleep for eight months. Like it was really bad. And after that, I decided to take a drawing class um, and it was drawing on the right side of the brain, which I found Mm. so fascinating and beautiful and wonderful until uh, we were doing this exercise where you were drawing a um, like a candlestick holder or something. And you were only supposed to draw like half at a time. And I remember when I revealed this drawing, it made me feel like it tapped into this um, internal dialogue that I had growing up because I grew up in a town that was very traditional where like you grow up, you go to church every Sunday, you get married, you marry your high school sweetheart, you have babies. Like I didn't want any of that. And so that mixed with kind of that religious element made me feel really evil and so this drawing was like the first time I had ever in like, what's the word? Not encountered, but faced that like part of my internal dialogue that I just thought was normal. And I remember not feeling relief, but feeling kind of terrified, right? Because how do you confront this like core of who you've told yourself you are that like, if you met me in real life, I, I honestly don't have an evil bone in my body. And now I can say that with all the confidence, but it took years for me to overcome that like right. piece of me. And so I'm, I'm like kind of envious of your patients who are your clients who have this relief piece because I had the exact opposite experience. <laughs> oh, wow. So but you probably didn't have the exact opposite experience every time you did art, but True. yes. Oh, that, absolutely. Yes. And the, what you shared is a, such a good example about why it's so important to hire a certified licensed trained art therapist. This is true. This was just a class, like it's just poor instructor. <laughs> probably had no right. idea why I didn't go back. I was right. so scared. Pe- I think people underestimate the power of the creative arts in art therapy. They think of it as more like entertainment or distraction Mm -hmm. or um, a way to keep clients busy. uh, And it's so much more than that. So back to, back to the holding the paradox. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) exactly. This is quite the paradox, right? (laughs) Absolutely. And it's so powerful. Yeah. So the paradox means opposites. Mm -hmm. And so yours might be, I, I'm not, I mean, I mean, obviously you said you felt evil, but there's so much goodness in you. Yes. And now I know that. And honestly, I wouldn't have been able to confidently say that right now if it hadn't been for that moment and that that art right like it made me confront this piece of myself that I had to let go of had to if I wanted to flourish exactly Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's one of the gifts of the creative arts is that it helps you see. So many of my clients could not grasp the consequences of their addiction until they saw a painting of it. Or until, fascinating? until they saw a sand tray with the figurines and the ambulances and the knocked over trees and the bodies lying on the ground. Mm. They, I, I would watch again and again. They would look and they would say, I had no idea. Yeah. They've been in treatment 20 times, but they had no idea what the consequences have been in their life. Wow. Again, so, you can close a journal. You cannot. Like if you've got, if you're staring at something on the wall. <laughs> very difficult to close an image. Yes. <laughs> it hits a, a very powerful place in the brain. And so, so the gifts. So I love this. I like to roll up my sleeves, put on my mud boots and just chomp right into the swamp with my clients. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and hold their hand. And um, because it works, I mean, yeah. look at you, you're beautiful and you're vibrant Aww. and you're dynamic and you're like, your energy is so good. Oh my gosh. You're so sweet. Lots and That's lots true. of therapy, y'all. <laughs> Art. Well, I make a point yeah. of creating. Yeah, no, but I appreciate you saying that. So true. I feel like um, I, I wish that the world would the adult world would allow for us to play more you know and to be like good at being bad at drawing (laughs) or like (laughs) like I want I want a world where it's like I am really bad at this drawing but man do I do it every day you know just so that there's no like oh I can't draw well no you can (laughs) absolutely I I believe everybody can as many people as can speak can paint and draw. Agree. In other words, it's ubiquitous. And mm-hmm. it's just a matter of education or time and effort. But the thing is, art therapy is not about good art. It's not about right. good poetry. It's not about good literature. The irony is that when people create from their heart, from their soul, from their past experience, from their pain, from their joy, guess what? Often they create art as, as good as or better than some of my my work from graduate school or some of my colleagues or peers, students work in graduate school because yeah. it's so authentic. Right. And it like, I don't know about, I'm sure, I, I, I anticipate that you are going to agree with me on the idea of, you know, it's not necessarily about what it looks like, but what it feels like. Like, and we have this incredible ability as humans to put our emotions on the page Mm -hmm. or like on the screen in my case, you know, that kind of stuff. I always, my friends and I always talk about in film that you can tell if the cast and crew was having a good time (laughs) by how the picture turns out, because it's just that energy, like the Barbie movie, we were talking about it earlier, you know, they had fun. Like, you know, that they had fun because it is 
the best energy in the like theater when you're watching it because it just resonates, right? So, so I, much sense. I hear right. you in that. I wish people would like, it's almost like removing your ego when it comes to therapy, you know, I, and I had to go through this for sure. Like you walk in and you are so scared of what you're going to encounter with yourself that you just like put up these walls and like your ego gets in the way in the, in the sense of like, it's protecting you, but like, it's counterintuitive because you have to let go of that quote protection in order to actually be protected long term. You know, and there, and there's a paradox there. Yes, I know (laughs) it is all about paradox. Oh my gosh. So such a good word. I invite people to do the affirmations, do the gratitude list, do the paintings about gratitude and affirmations, vision boards, whatever, but take it a step further and hold the energy of the tension. Robert Fritz calls it structural tension between the, and the paradox. So I had a very serious cancer scare. I was told I had cancer. I was told to get a mastectomy right away. Oh gosh. And I I can't recommend other people to do this. Please don't do like <laughs> this don't is not advice. This is this just her is... <laughs> experience, y'all. <laughs> so I I decided not to get a mastectomy and I decided to do only alternative medicine. I was I only received the diagnosis because I pushed for testing because intuitively I knew I had it. Mm. They didn't think I needed the testing. They said, you don't have it. I said, I'm not asking. I'm insisting that you do more testing. So it came back with cancer. Okay. And so because it was so early, I thought I had a better chance to try working with it with alternative medicine. But including in that, I did my own art. So I had pictures made of my blood. And my blood wasn't, it was called a dark field of microscopy. So the blood, my blood was, my blood cells were a little weak looking compared to healthy blood cells from the encyclopedia. So I did a painting of a mandala and a painting in a circle of healthy blood cells from a photo in the encyclopedia. And then I did juxtaposition right next to that a painting of my cells that were like a little floppy, a little needing a little little water. A little, a little, they needed a little water. Yes, that's about right. And I did many things like that during my process. Oh, interesting. And and so that was over 20 years ago. Oh wow, yeah, you're still here. I'm so happy. I'm still here. (laughs) And and so when I told the the radiologist about my good results. About six months later, I had really good testing done. And I did a breast MRI and I, I called her to tell her that they couldn't find with 14 biopsies of breast MRI that could not find any cancer. Six months after I did very intensive treatment. And she said, well, I never thought you had cancer anyway. The woman that told me to get a mastectomy. So oh my gosh. And about a year later, I walked into a party with her partner, also a radiologist, and her mouth dropped. 
And I walked up to her and I said, uh, you look shocked to see me. And she nodded and I said, you didn't think I'd be alive. And she shook her head. She oh, said, no, wow. I didn't think you'd be alive. Yeah. Wow. So and I'm here. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> okay. And then I said, aren't you curious? <laughs> right? Like how this happened? Yeah. No. That's fascinating. So while you were doing this painting, what was your thought process? Oh gosh, this was 20 years ago. Um, you know, I had the same kinds of doubts that everybody has. It's like, am I wasting my time? Is this silly and stupid? Is this really going to work? This feels so out there. So I had that kind of dialogue, just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. What's important is to do it. Yeah. To, to just do it. I, I did a lovely, I had a lovely group and a workshop back to the workshops around the world. I did a lovely workshop in Sausalito um, about 10 days ago. Great people, all professionals, really lovely people. And, you know, I would say, look, for this weekend, just try it on. Just mm -hmm. jump in with both feet. And I know it's, you know, for CEOs and lawyers. And I said, but I've done this with medical doctors. So if they can do it, you can do it. <laughs> and they really were grateful at the end of the weekend. Oh, I, I said, imagine. Thank you. Thank you for keeping us involved and back to the relief. Okay. So mm -hmm. I'm coming all the way back around. I like to it. about relief. I like it. At the end, one of them approached me and she said, um, we've all been talking and we had such a powerful experience. And she said, it's as if a bubble burst. Hmm. Now, that phrase could mean a lot of things. Not all good, right? Yeah. So I said, <laughs> I said, well, what do you mean by bubble burst? She said, it's as if we had pressure building up inside of us and now it's gone. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. How powerful. Yeah, it That's is beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. I, I love what you said about just doing it because I think for a lot of people, myself included, I'm a very like productive, like active. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to say that like, life coaching is like productive therapy. And the reason I said that was because I was going through talk therapy for like a decade. And um, then I was introduced to somatic therapy, which fully removed the trauma from my body. I, I can't even say enough good things, but I realized it was because it was a more proactive approach and there were things that you could do Um. In, in, in that was in addition to talking. Right. And I feel like art therapy for those of us who are like me is an active, like you feel like you're moving forward, you even are. though you are moving forward in talk therapy. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not uh -huh. trying to discredit talk therapy. No. I'm just saying like, for me as somebody who like thinking isn't enough, you know, like I have to physically be doing something with my hands or my body in order to feel like I'm accomplishing the thing. And so um, I think that that is like art therapy is such a great option for those of us who are like that. 
Um, so I'm just trying to speak now to the audience, whoever's listening, like if you are still going through something and you've tried, you know, talk therapy and, and maybe it isn't working as effectively as you would like it, I would strongly suggest art therapy because it's magic. <laughs> it's just it magic. <laughs> I, I joke that my crayons are magic wands. Oh my God. I love that. You know, what's so interesting when I was in the hospital, like I, I'm obviously a creative person. I grew up with doing a lot of crafts. I, you know, I'm in the entertainment industry, like all of that stuff. I write, like, it's all a thing. The, the thing that I noticed when I was in the hospital, they had this huge art therapy room and it was so like my happy place. Um, but only after I was introduced to chalk as a medium. Like that for me unlocked something. So another suggestion is try different kinds of art. Acting unlocks things that are different, maybe from pencil drawing and chalk drawing. And, you know, like it's fascinating all the different levels of therapy that you can get into with, with the word art, right? (laughs) It's true. And and in fact, in my workshops, I move people, this is back to the creative and expressive arts. Um, I move people from different activities, from drawing and painting to writing poetry to stream of consciousness writing to meditation, movement to you all the way around. To oh my gosh, I love that. Um, and and that creates a more holistic, complete healing. And you're right. Find your medium. Yeah, and it doesn't always make sense, and it does not matter. Seriously, uh, no, it it doesn't matter if to go with what feels like touches your heart, what resonates with your body. That's the Mm -hmm. somatic piece is really important. Absolutely. And And my intuition is body centered. Like our into, I I should say mine, but I think our Mm -hmm. intuition is body centered. And so the more we listen to our bodies, not in a concrete manner, it's a piece of the pie of decision-making, Yeah, not the whole pie, but it's very important to include what our body is saying. Absolutely. And figuring out which tool kind of, it's almost like a, a, an abused animal, right? Like you're sitting in front of it, trying to get it to come out from under the table and you've got like six different types of food. So which one is going to unlock that like fear mechanism for the dog or animal to come to you? It's like that with art, I think, you know, like you have to find the thing that unlocks it for you. And it might be just like something you could never have imagined in the world, you know? Um, I always, I talk about it as a toolkit. It's fascinating, <laughs> right? And I'm 20 years past my post-traumatic stress disorder uh, healing journey now. But just recently, I realized it's like your nervous system can get re-injured pretty quickly when you've gone through trauma. Yes. And my litmus test for it is like flashbacks and panic attacks. Uh-huh. And so I didn't even realize I was like re-injured my nervous system basically a couple of years ago. And I... I had to sit once I did realize it. And I was like, well, which tool 
in my toolbox is going to help me in this moment, right? Because it's going to be different every time um, because the situation is different. You're different. So I feel like like art therapy gives us so many different tools that we can put in that like trauma toolbox. I call it the aggressive optimism toolbox. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I like that. And that's, that's different. And I think healthier than toxic positivity. I like aggressive positive. What did you say? Aggressive optimism. I like it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Very much. Oh my Thanks. gosh. Well, this conversation, I wish we could do for 20,000 more hours because it's so fascinating to me. Um, but I, we do have to wrap it up and I just want to ask you, how can people find you and work with you? You're like such a, Oh, I want to work with you and you're close by. So there we go. <laughs> just well, warning you. <laughs> thank you. So I'm offering uh, creative arts intensives for uh, treatment centers, hospitals, where I go in and I provide uh, various activities, not on a weekly basis. I come in and do one or two days intensive. Cool. And then, but I also do it for the um, public, for lay people, for professionals, for training. Uh, last year, I got to lecture in Egypt. For oh my the- gosh. Uh, so creative arts, the first creative arts therapy uh, conference they had ever had in Egypt. So that was so much fun. And I That's love so the cool. Egyptian people. They're, oh my God. So cool. That's awesome. So, um, so, and I, some of my workshops, I have some of my titles are a blast, like drink your point. And that comes from the Egyptians. So believe in the healing power of poetry that they would dissolve the poem, the papyrus, the poem was written on, in a concoction and drink it. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Oh, man. So rice paper, I'm assuming. No, papyrus. Really? Papyrus, yeah. And and they did that thousands and thousands of years ago. Well, poetry wow. really is healing. And then I, uh, I, have, I can do workshops where people draw self-portraits. And that is powerful. So one of the powerful aspects of the creative arts is like an internal EMDR. If you think about it, rapid eye movement, desensitization, because it's bilateral processing. Mm. And especially if you're using both hands, but even if you're not. And so especially with early childhood trauma, the corpus callosum is damaged, the bridge across your left and your right brain. But the good news is using your corpus callosum heals it. That's so cool. So when I move people from poetry writing, which ironically, even though it's language and normally we assume left brain, it's act poetry writing is a right brain activity. Hmm. But to other kinds of writing that are more left brain and I move or, or, or making images, which is more right brain, I move people back and forth. Oh, that's so cool. From activities and if you think about it, you've probably seen those um, demonst- uh, a demo, I guess, or I don't know what to call it, um, mannequin, where they're showing how much of the brain is used by your hands or your eyes mm-hmm. or your tongue. or Well, hands occupy a really big portion of your brain. So why not 
include that in therapy. Yeah. Like you're you're engaging more of the brain. Oh, I love that. But you're I... also en- <laughs> you're also engaging the parts of the brain where say trauma or addiction or mood or emotion, it's all there. Wow. So how can people work with you? Where can they find okay. you online? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you don't apologize. This was fascinating. (laughs) I love that you took it towards what you get when you work with. Yes. You know, which is amazing. I feel like it's such a valuable service that you offer. And I just want people to know where they can like book it. (laughs) Well, please, please call me at 310-880-9761. Okay. Three one zero eight eight zero nine seven six one. And if I don't call you back right away, please call again. <laughs> I feel sometimes that, I miss right? a call, right? And then my website is you can Google my name, which is spelled E R I C H A. So Erica Scott and Malibu. Um, and my website, you can Google it that way, or Art Speaks Out Loud. Art speaks out loud. I love that so much. Um, and I will put all of this information in the uh, what you call it description wherever right. you all are listening to this podcast. So, or so, you can what was that? Well, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm no, sorry. it's fine. Okay, I was just going to say thank you for who you are, Aww. for how you um showed up for this interview, I feel uh, validated and and appreciated and seen. And oh I so God. appreciate that. Well, I'm so happy. Thank you for coming on the show and sharing your uber valuable insight, um, giving us tips on paradox and hopefully inspiring the listeners to try art there as a therapy because it's incredibly powerful. And so I can't thank you enough. Um, and everybody that's listening, please check out Erica's website and definitely read her chapter in Moments That Matter. Again, that's coming out August 30th of this year. And uh, if you're listening to this after it comes out, you can go to jennaedwards.com and uh, buy your own copy. And Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. Please share this podcast because I feel like it's got super valuable information in it. And if you agree, I would appreciate a like, a comment, and a share. Thank you all so much. Until next time, have a beautiful day. Bye.